Welcome to Sweet Silver Song, uh, the podcast telling the stories of Liverpool Football Club, the world's favourite football team. Um, and today I have with me uh, two guests. I've got uh, John Green, uh, who works as a tour guide at Anfield, and he's a lifelong uh, Liverpool supporter, had a season ticket for many, many years. And also we've got Lee Burkett, another season ticket holder, and uh, Lee has kindly sponsored uh, our uh, podcast today. So, um, Lee's first European final was the 2005 Champions League final in Istanbul. So, quite an, uh, an iconic night in our history, probably the most iconic night. Uh, so, quite a place to start. So, Lee, um, first of all, tell me about the uh, Ataturk Stadium, because it's a, your first European Cup final, and I'm sure you're looking forward to this magnificent um, host stadium. What was it like? No, like... <laughs> It's, uh, the stadium itself was say, relatively new. Uh, I suppose the big thing going through the stadium was the location. It was uh, in the middle of nowhere. Um, we were on a, an official club trip, so I suppose we were on a, a coach trying to get us to the ground and due to the, this one road, one, one way in, one way out type thing in the middle of nowhere, the ground was sort of like in the middle, <coughs> middle of, like I say, a desert for me. Um, we could see the stadium on the horizon. Um, but just massive bodies, like taxis, coaches, whatever, whatever way you could get there. I suppose you just seen people everywhere. In the end, everyone gave up with the, I suppose the the one road to it, and they was just walking across this, I suppose desert, I suppose or f- dusty field type thing mm-hmm. to get to it. You could see the build up outside the stadium, but yeah, it was just it's just like in the middle of nowhere. Wow. Uh, but yeah, it was a relatively new build <coughs> stadium, but yeah. I just, yeah, just remember it being in the middle of nowhere. So, John, you, you've been to uh, all of our, 10 of our Champions League finals. Uh, yeah. So, how did this stadium and location compare to the previous ones you've been to? Well, it was quite futuristic, the stadium, yeah. uh, as Lee said. But it was literally in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it was in, in the middle of a dusty field. It resembled the moon with, you know, oh. lives, goats and sheep wandering around. Oh. You know, it, it was just... Literally nowhere near any civilization. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we've talked about the stadium. Let's now turn to the match itself. Now, um, <coughs> I've got to be honest with you. Not many occasions I can remember in our club's history where I've been absolutely shocked at the team selection. But this time I was gobsmacked when I saw that um, Haman wasn't playing and uh, Kiel was playing. So what did you think, John? Did he, we, What had the team selection strike you well we didn't have any information as regards to the team uh, like you have today where you've got your mobile phone you could wander around you know, all the team uses out an hour before the kick off it's only when we got inside the stadium we found out and uh, it was a surprise because Didier Mann had, had been an influential figure, figure in, in the run up to the final and we were quite shocked that he was, he was dropped uh, in favour of Harry Hume mm. Um Things happened in that game then to prove that no. Harry Kuehl maybe was very lucky to get a place in the team at, uh, at Didier Man's expense. Mm. What did he think, Lee? Yeah, no, it was a surprise, especially, obviously, with Kuehl's, I suppose, medical record. Um, I, I can't recall him playing too much before the final, if I'm perfectly honest. So mm. when, like I'd be saying then, once you'd actually seen what the squad was on the team, on the tellies in the ground, on the big screens... 
I think everyone was a bit like shocked by Kuehl being in the starting eleven. Maybe he might have got into the bench because he did have some talent when he did pl- was able to play him fit. But mm. yeah, no, it was especially with playing AC Milan and what they had at the at the squad. I think a man would have been an ideal start for me. Like anyway, in the first eleven. Yeah, I mean, uh, you guys went to Istanbul. I didn't. I had a ticket, but I didn't want to spend six hundred pounds on a return flight. I did the balance. I thought, can I spend £600 in a pub in one night? No. So I decided to watch it in the pub instead. But um, I remember walking to the pub and meeting a guy who I often watched the game with in the pub. And uh, we discussed the team. And he said, oh, he's all, he was all excited going, I see uh, Benitez has gone for uh, an attacking lineup. And I went, but it's not going to work because without a man's stability, we can't push forward. Because we go forward, we're going to be wide open. Mm. And, you know, for once in my life, I turned out to be exactly right, unfortunately. So, before we talk about the actual game, let's talk about AC, the AC Milan side. I mean, what was your what was your expectation of them before the match? Actually, uh, were you nervous about them? Or? Yeah, the, they were, the, the names in that team, some of them are legendary players for that for AC Milan. Absolutely. Like I say, I think Perlo was in the middle, wasn't he? And he was still relatively young and making his name. Yeah. At the back, they had uh, Maldini. Mm. He was a legend in defensively, and Nestor as well. I mm. think was centre half yeah. of them and all. Yeah. So they big massive games, and then looking up front, you had the Andrei Sichenko and obviously Crespo, which again, although Crespo was not the greatest at Chelsea, and Milani seemed to have found a found a way forward. And Sichenko, I say, he was a legend in the game mm. over there. Uh, thank God he had a nightmare against us that night. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think a lot of people would have put their houses on him, put him some of them chances he missed that night in his penalties away. Yeah, I mean, just the, I mean, look at the fullbacks, John. I mean, Cafu and Maldini. Yeah, yeah, the great players. I, I'd go as far as to say they were possibly the best team on the planet in 2005, yeah. without a doubt, mm-hmm. and probably the best player amongst them was Kaka. He was absolutely outstanding. He had a great he game and all, didn't he? He's the last man to win the Ballon d'Or before Messi and Ronaldo dominated it for all those years. Mm. Yeah. Incredible. So it shows yeah. what a great player he is. Yeah, so, OK, let's turn to the match itself. So, um, well, didn't go off to the best of stars, did we? <laughs> free kick. The list. Yeah, free kick in the first minute. Ball buried into the, uh, the box. And uh, like a half volley from... Maldini and right past past the Jersey Duzek and one nil down in the first minute. Oh my God, here we go! You know. So, what do you think when that goal went in? It was just a horrible start, wasn't it? It's um, like say straight from the kick they came down, down on on to us, and uh, yeah, it was it it was Maldini, wasn't it? So it's like half volley did it, and supposed to bounced up off the deck and went over Duzek, I remember. Yeah, but no, he took it well. Maldini was a class class act. It, it was a bit of a stab to the heart, wasn't yeah. it? Uh, when that went in, um, and then uh, I don't know about you, but I I felt that um, Triori was really nervous for this game, and he he just seemed to keep giving the ball away and making mistakes. Starting, of course, with conceding that first free kick, mm. and I don't think he ever settled uh, in that game at left back. Do you? Mm. I goes for taking it for, further forward into the game. He actually cleared one off the line yeah. when it got back to three three, <laughs> and uh, you know that, that that's preempting what we're going to go through in a no, few no, moments. Fine. But 
Yeah, he was nervous. I was nervous for him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's, he wasn't the greatest of talented fullbacks yeah. in the world, but you know, he had a, he had a good heart on him. Well, once we once we changed the team at half time and we we moved into we went to a back three uh, with Jimmy Trulli on the left side of the back three. Yeah. He was fine, but he was very exposed at left back. I thought, and uh, anyway, so uh, then I. We see the game settled down then, didn't it, a little bit? And we seemed to sort of steady the ship for about 10 or 15 minutes. And then, as that first half drew on, they just completely dominated the uh, proceedings, didn't they? they were... My memory of it is, I'm watching it again recently, Kaka and Perlo just, uh, just oh. firing these passes into behind us mm. and getting Crespo and Shevchenko through at the back of our defence. Yeah. Well... Just before that, we had a half-hearted appeal for a penalty as well for handball, uh, and then the, I think the ball broke, and that's when they broke away and got their their second. Yeah, but yeah. there was nothing in the middle of the park; they were just cutting right through us. Yeah, and they had a goal disallowed as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, they basically it was Crespo was was coming running in behind our left side of our defence, and Shevchenko was on the opposite side running in behind the right side of our defence. When they and time and again they got in behind us. Yeah. So, what was your thoughts at this point, Lee? No, like I say, going back to Jimmy Shorey, Paul had had a nightmare, didn't he? I yeah. think the rumours were right. Well, the stories go around, he was going to get lynched and pulled at half time, wasn't <laughs> yeah, he? Yeah. Got told to get in the shower. Um, only for Steve Finnan picking up, going off injured. Um, but no, they, 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 they destroyed us, didn't they? After about the first goal, we had about 10 minutes where we had a bit, and then we had the half hearted penalty shouts, which they broke and got the second, I think it was. Was it Crespo? Was it Crespo? Yeah. 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 And um, again, he had two chances. His first one was a decent goal, but the one, I remember his, last, his, his third one, which was like out, off the outside of his boots, just put it, dinked it over a dudeck. And, uh, it was the pass as well. Yeah, it cut us. It was a cacker. It was, yeah, it cut us. the pass right through. Yeah. Yeah. Cut us in half. Pass uh, on the floor. Yeah. Like a knife through butter. But uh, yeah, it was, it was just... Destroyed. Yeah, we it, could been, it could have been six. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. yeah, easy, quite um, easily. Time yeah. and again, they cut us open. Uh, so if we go back to the second goal, which is Crespo's yeah. first. That was a, th- it was a, I think Shevchenko played him, didn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. squared it, squared it, and he had, yeah. and he just laced it right to the bottom corner, didn't he? It was a fabulous uh, finish in fairness. Yeah, no, Crespo is like you say, he struggled at Chelsea, didn't he? And they didn't was really he on the right saying that he was on loan? He was. He was yeah. a Chelsea player. He was yeah. a Chelsea yeah. player oh, on loan. Yeah. yeah. Oh. But and no, he was. Uh, yeah, he, he struggled, didn't he? Yeah. He did struggle there. So they got the second goal after about something about forty minutes or mm. thirty-eight minutes, whatever it was, and then uh, we thought, well, two 0 half time. It's going to be a bit of a, com- a bit of a job to come back from this, and then yeah. really the hammer blow. Yeah. The third, and as go on, John, talk. It was a fabulous goal, wasn't it? It's just a pass well, from Kaka. I mean, full stretch, Carragher trying to cut it out, yeah. and it, it just sailed past him. It was perfectly passed. It was a work of art, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. And you know, as Lee said, it was the outside of his boot, and he just dinked it the outside of the boot. And uh, 3 0. And you know, you look at it and you go, oh, well, at least we're here and having a good time. <laughs> but, Think about the experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah take, take it as an experience. You know, we didn't expect to get to the final so soon. And, uh, it, it, you know, we didn't think there was any coming back from that. Well, it was unprecedented, wasn't it? No yeah. team's ever come back from 3-0 down in no. the European Cup final. No. Um, so what was the mood at half-time then, generally, in the stadium? Um, was it, I'm sure, shock, but what else? 
was it defiance or was it like resignation or I think it was more resignation yeah yeah uh, I, I think it was more that people wanted to go down the toilet and everything was sold out <laughs> you know the, the famous Istanbul toilets with the hole in the floor and nothing else you know that sort uh. of thing um, but no everyone was just resigned to the fact that come on let's we're here let's just enjoy the rest of the afternoon maybe get a goal back make it you know respectable and yeah. that, I think that was the the boast we could hope for but yeah. Uh, yeah. it was pride and respect I suppose. yeah, it, yeah. As, like, absolutely like, let's not give up the ghost let's try and keep it to free and yeah. see where it goes from there type thing but that's right it was it was more like we keep it respectful let's not make him be a laughing stock if you know what I mean but so you mentioned to me earlier about uh, a song started yeah. off so yeah no it, it was like I say I've been going to games since I was like I say six I think it was my first time but I'd never heard You'll Never Walk Alone sang at half time and obviously at the age of my mid-twenties when I went to Istanbul and you know You'll Never Walk Alone and it just grew the momentum behind it and the, the passion it grew and grew and spread around the ground but I'd never experienced that or heard that before at that point in time in the game obviously we have our traditions at the beginning and the end of the game but yeah never at half time and I don't know whether there was a bit of passion and a bit of change on the tactics side to just give, not obviously the early goal, but it sort of give a bit of belief and a bit of, we're still here, we're still supporting you. Let's keep it tight, keep it tight and keep it respectful and see where it goes from here, really. I think it's, it, it showed the loyalty, the, mm. the, the support that had got there by many different ways and means, financially yeah. and transport-wise. Yeah. You know, the, all right, we're, we're getting beat 3 0, we're getting hammered 3 0 here. And uh, we're still behind you, we're still supporting you. Yeah. And, and let's, let's just see what happens. Yeah, a funny story on that. I was uh, the wife now, I was due to, I was moving house and bought a house with her that year, first house we bought together. And uh, all I could hear is saying, This is the freaking money you're spending. Now. You could have had a washing machine and a, a dishwasher for that. Oh, but uh, uh, she still still mentions that now. But um, that was all she thought when I was there. It's obviously watching the game at home while I was in Istanbul. Like. Just just so people know, and your wife supports? Uh, my missus is a blue, yeah. Yeah, supports uh, Blue. Yeah, well, for the sins. Yeah. For the sins. Well, luckily for her, she's not going to have many trips to European Cup finals, is she, with Everton? So, not to worry about those costs. So, as I said before, I was watching the game in the pub. So, at half time, the landlady came, landlady came out with the biggest platter you've ever seen. It was huge, piled high with sandwiches. And she passed them around, and every single guy just passed him hand, hand on hand next to him. And nobody took a sandwich off this platter. Yeah. And she took it back and said, What's up, lads? Is nobody hungry? And we all sat there like that, don't you? Lips out, heads down, sulking. And I think we were just all... I, my thought, my brother-in-law was next to me, and he's a blue nose. And I said to him, we are going to be the next Eintracht Frankfurt. And that was 1960, wasn't it? The European Cup final at Hamden Park. 7-3. Real Madrid 7, Eintracht Frankfurt 3. And I thought we're going to be concede more goals here than Eintracht Frankfurt because it looked shocking at half-time. So... There's a story from, I, I remember from half time that I got told when I got home, because we lived in West Derby then, and uh, they said at the Sefton Arms in, in West Derby, a crowd of Evertonians congered <laughs> into the pub. Yeah. 
they all met up as soon as the half-time whistle went, all met up with the houses and then conged through West Derby and headed into the Sefton. I'll tell you the second part of the story when we've covered some of the, the okay. second half. Well, uh, also, I remember half-time getting a text from one of the, one of the season ticket holders who sat near me in the, uh, what was then the centenary stand, and he, he went, you know, Jesus Christ, you know. And I said, ah, don't worry, we'll get four second half. Yeah. And of course... I didn't really mean that, but um, so half time, uh, and Rafa brings the changes, and he uh, takes Finnan off. He moves to a um, a back three, and he puts uh, Didi Haman on in central midfield to give some cover in front of the uh, back four. And be fair to say that the, the shape was a lot better, wasn't it? And we actually played a bit more football in the second half at the start of the, the half. They did, yeah. No, it, it, it just seemed to be a bit more of a shape and a flow about. They had a, contr- a grip or a, a footing in the um, in the middle of the park, really, with her man coming on the pitch. Um, but no, it looked better at the back. Like touching it briefly there, that change in the back four as well. Uh, it just seemed to settle things down a little bit more. Yeah. Um, one thing as well, which really surprised me. Uh, was that that team, that selection at the start of the match had never played together before mm. or or afterwards, because of course some of the players left, yeah. like Vladimir Smisa. But that selection was a completely untried, untested 11, yeah. which was amazing, really. Bit of a, you could say it was a bold stroke by Rafa, a stroke of genius, perhaps. Stroke of fortune. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now you mentioned the, about the... Um, Asking Jimmy to take a shower, and that's actually what happened at halftime, wasn't it? Yeah, no. The, the, like I said, there's many stories of different people share their perspective. You were in there and, and not in the jungle drums or what? But no, there was Chiori was uh, was getting lynched allegedly, but only for um, Steve Finner apparently was it done as fire as calf or I can't remember. Mm. Um, so the the uh, Jimmy. A stay of execution and they've got to stay on and pull Steve Finn and had to get pulled due to injury. Yeah, I remember the story was Steve Finn and didn't want to come off. Yeah. And the, the, the physio said, you can't continue. So they got Jimmy Terori back out the shower. Yeah. And he got, got his kit back on again <laughs> and played for the, obviously the rest of the game. So, uh, second half, the team comes out. I would say we, we looked a bit more solid, well, we were a lot more solid than we had been first half. We got back into the game and we actually got started moving forward and, of course, starts off with uh, the first goal. So, do you want to talk us through the first goal, Lee? Yeah, no, obviously it was Steve G, wasn't it? Uh, great header. Um, the, the jump he had, I think it was, came over, was it Risa? Yeah, Risa crossed, crossed it over. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was the leap from Stevie and obviously he sort of put it across the goal um, to the opposite side from... And it, no, it was a great header. Considering I was round about the penalty spot, one it was. Yeah. And, uh, but he had great power in to get past, like I say, the keeper. was a class keeper, I know. Mm. <laughs> but not so much this. I think it'd be fair to say that it was a rare header goal from Stevie. I can't recall many of the header goals by him, can you? No, I can't remember many. I mean... I, the only thing is, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily agree with Lee about the the quality of the goalkeeper. I thought he, he went down like he was a sack of spuds at times, <laughs> you know. Um, and I also remember just before that, we nearly went four 0 down from a free kick. Um, Sammy Hoopy had tripped Shevchenko yeah. as he was on his way through. He took the free kick and Dudek went full length 
and saved it. Yeah. We were very near to 4-0 down. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the the goal, the first goal, it, it, it gives you a bit of, bit of hope. Yeah, you know, it, it, and it was, you know, Stevie's running back to the centre circle and he's waving his arms up to get the, getting the crowd going. Yeah. And we we, we, nearly, we had, must have had about three quarters of that crowd. Easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's one thing that always uh, shocked me and shocks me when I go to the European finals and see how we dominate the attendance. Yeah. Um, and I remember probably the, the, the ultimate one just going adrift was uh, when he played in Dortmund against Alaves, yeah. only quite a small team from Spain, and they were in like one little corner yeah. of the stadium. And it must have been ninety percent red and like ten yeah. percent or less Alaves. It was a similar thing for Bruges in '78. I mean, the tickets sold out here like gold dust, but everyone found out then that they were selling on general sale over in Belgium, so everyone headed over because it was easy to get to Belgium for a day trip. Went over to Bruges. But loads of tickets in the Bruges end, and it was just a little pockets of blue amongst the sea of red, and that was that was their end. You know? Yeah. Well, I I got my ticket because I was at uh, Sheffield Polytechnic, and I was running the football team. I was the secretary, and I was always getting letters from Sheffield and Hampshire County FA, and I thought I'll write them see if we can get a ticket. Yeah. And they went, "How many do you want?" I went, uh, four, please." Well, we want we want a check of you for like eight quid or whatever it was, or, yeah. uh, twelve quid. Um, I sent the check off and these four tickets arrived. So, well, was that easy? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. It wasn't that day, those days, wasn't it? You know, yeah. It was easy yeah. Oh, yeah. Tickets. Yeah. I think, well, I think it'd be fair to say, we all know, um, it's, it's, it's a, Liverpool say that they've established we've got 770 million supporters worldwide because we did a, a, had a survey commissioned by, commissioned by the club, carried out by, I think, Google did it when Peter Moores was the chief exec, because he wanted to establish how big our fan base was. And I, I think, if you first say, a lot, a, a large number of those have come about because of this yeah. match between yeah. Istanbul. It's amazing how many people come on the tour and they say, I've been following Liverpool since yeah. Istanbul. Yeah. Very they, true. They watched it as a neutral and they became, they became attached to our team. So at this stage, we're 3-1 down. Yeah. Stevie scored a header. And incredibly, two minutes later, <laughs> what happens next, Lee? Uh, Vladimir. It's, um, it wasn't the best of strikes, but it somehow it creeped in that far bottom corner. Yeah. Uh, keeper done us another favour. And uh, no, it was uh, the belief was starting to flow then. I remember legs being somewhere in the seats in front of us and everything. It was just garbage because obviously we started to believe, really believe then, I suppose, that there was a, it was it was potential to get us somewhere back on an even keel. They, yeah. they were rocking at the time yeah. then. They were absolutely rocking. They hadn't faced anything like that before, I don't think. And you could see the fear. In the set. They, they, could, they could see what was going to happen at that point. And of course, <laughs> well, a couple did, of minutes it? later, yeah. it did. So yeah. how did the third goal come out then, John? Well, there was the pass that was slotted through from Jamie Carragher, I think it was. Yeah, yeah it was. From, and, from, uh, from the halfway line. Stevie got the touch of the ball and it was... Um, Gattuso. Gattuso, who tripped him. And he went down. He, he made sure oh, he yeah, went down. Oh, yeah, definitely went down with it, yeah. And it was a penalty. Simple yeah. as that. Referee's waving away. Carragher's trying to get the fella sent off. <laughs> yeah. Yes! He's, 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 you know, he's trying, to get, trying to get them down to 10 men. Um, and it seemed like an absolute lifetime before the penalty was taken. It seemed to take forever. Didn't it, it did take, you know, it took a very long time. And obviously, Javi steps up, usually penalty taker. 
and we think, oh, he's, this is it, he's, he's going to do it. And then we're, we're basically hiding behind our fingers here, looking through fingers to look at the game, going, oh, no, I can't stand it. Oh. Keeper saves it. It's the only time that he, they placed it to the keeper's right. Everton else got placed to his left um, for the penalty, and he, he saved it, but he, he blocked it. Came out and Shabby slotted it back in again, and all I remember was bodies on top of you, and that that it was similar to what was on the pitch, but everyone was just part. It didn't care if you didn't know yeah. people. Just everyone just jumped all over each other in three three. It was just unbelievable. It was like that in the pub as well. Yeah. Uh, it was six minutes of absolute madness, and then it's like. Well, the other half of the story that I was going to tell you. Those Evertonians that had done the conga. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they congaed into the Sefton. Yeah. And as they got into the Sefton, everyone's jumping around and going, what's going on here? They looked at the screen, it was three, three. <laughs> they all slumped out in the, the pub like that, you know. It saved them right. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't do that, would we? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, as the game goes on, I mean, Liverpool have got back into it, no doubt about it. We've stemmed the tide of attacks that Milan had thrown us in the first half. And it was much more of an even second half, I thought, uh, especially after the third goal went in. Yeah, I remember uh, John Alarisa having this shot from about 30 yards that Dida pushed over the bar. But after that, Lee, I think it was yeah. a case of Milan came back into it. And yeah. Stevie G had a bit of cramp and he was playing it right back, wasn't he? Yeah, no, they were, they were dead on the feet, weren't they? Couldn't yeah. the final third of the match. Um, Gerard and Carragher, like I say, they were a struggle. But Milan was still having a go, but I can't recall one or two, maybe half chances we had, but I can't remember. Obviously, the recent one, and I think we had a couple of half free yeah. kicks or something from yeah. distance, but I don't recall a great deal after we got that left third one, like. One thing that impressed me watching the entire match uh, on YouTube was actually Risa had a decent first half and a very good second half. I mean, probably he was our most consistently good player throughout the match. I thought he actually played really well on the left side because you've got to look at who was up against Cafu. Yeah. And he kept Cafu fairly quiet for the match. You know, he wasn't, it wasn't Cafu who was causing us the issues, was it? No, it was, it was Kaka and Perlo and whatever. And they, Crash bunch of Jenko running behind, but Cafu actually had a quiet match. I think Risa is largely responsible for that on the left hand side of midfield. I'm picking up on a point before, I remember talking about Jimmy Chiori before. <laughs> there was that in the second half, wasn't it, where he'd done the keeper and Sichenko, wasn't it? That's right. And uh, Jimmy um, kept it out anyway after he beat the keeper. It was only Jimmy keeping it out of the goal. I think I think his foot right behind the post. And he scooped it out from under the yeah, post. Yeah, them long dangly legs. Oh, yeah. Now, you've got to bear in mind, that was only a few months after his uh, famous uh, goal at Burnley, wasn't it, in the yeah. FA Cup? What yeah. a horrible game that was. Yeah. Which, if you want to talk us through his goal at Turf Moor, John? He, he tried to do a dance around the ball, and all, he got his feet tangled up the ball, hit each, each foot and then trickled over the line. Oh, was... I've, I've never been back to Burnley since. Because um, <laughs> the, the first game got abandoned, that one, didn't it? Because yeah. there was snow. Yeah. Then the replaying and Jimmy Chiori went and did that. Oh, sorry, no, it was... Well. It'd be it, fair to say he has to go down as one of the most comical own goals Liverpool have ever scored. Yeah. Uh, but he redeemed himself in the, uh, in the final did. with that And I also remember... Um, uh, obviously, uh, Dudek made a couple of decent saves, but unfortunately, there was one time when the ball hit him and flew off. So it was a bit of a mixture of, you know, some parts good, some parts not so good. 
But let's go into extra time now. Uh, and I think it's fair to say, Dudek totally redeemed himself in extra time, didn't he? All I remember is that ball getting crossed, seeing Shevchenko going for it with his head. I put my head in my hands and thought, oh no. And next thing is my wife turned around to me and said, how on earth did he keep that out? I said, what happened? I didn't actually see it until I saw it on the telly when I got home. And, you know, he just put a hand out and just like hit his hand and flew over the bar. It was then I think Milan knew and particularly Shevchenko, I think that destroyed Shevchenko's confidence that yeah. night. Yeah. From that point on, that was it. They were not going to score against us. That was their final hurrah. And, uh, yeah, it, 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 you could see the, the hope and just drain out of in, out that Milan side. And the, the rest of it just fizzled out until the penalties. So, I mean, just to uh, complete the, the, the picture about this, it wasn't just one save. Because Shevchenko, as you say, headed it from point blank range. He was about a yard off the line. Yeah. Shevchenko threw his hand, uh, sorry, Dudek threw his hand up. But then Shevchenko followed through and hit the ball into basically what was an empty net. And somehow uh, Dudek's got in the way of that as well. It was incredible, yeah. wasn't it? It's unbelievable. It could have gone anyway, couldn't it? That's yeah. the thing. It's sort of like it's a mid wrist type thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Something that just sort of flew up. Vertically, instead of could have gone anywhere. Like I say, could have gone anywhere. But, um, no, the gods were certainly locking down us. Shankton and Paisley were behind the goal, I think. <laughs> when that happened, my, my, I thought, it's on like this. I just I thought, if they can't score off that, and they, they dominated the first half, they completely taken us apart in the first half. But we managed to get back into it. As you said, Lee, uh, second half, um, as it went on, no, Milan got back on top not to the same extent as the first mm-hmm. half but they were the better side creating chances but when that happened in extra time I'm thinking this is our night this, this is I think there's a lot of people in the, in the ground that thought the same at that, that point yeah we, we can do this and uh, we look forward to the penalties then didn't we yeah or did we <laughs> <laughs> well when, when, when it got to uh, the end of extra time uh, my Blue Nose Blood Nose still sat next to me and he goes, you're going to win this. He said, I know it. And I went, no, don't say that. Don't say that. No, he says, you are. I said, you're trying to put the fluence on He said, I'll bet you 20 quid you win on penalties. So I bet him 20 quid that we would lose on penalties. And of course, it's the best 20 quid I've ever spent in my life. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, let's go through the penalties. So uh, first of all, the penalties are taken at the Milan end of the stadium. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, and they get to take the first penalty as well. So they've got the advantage of going first in front of their own fans as well. So uh, who took the first penalty for them? Jorginho, the Brazilian. Yeah, yeah he came on as a sub, hadn't he? Yeah, put it about a yard wide and a yard high. <laughs> <laughs> but before he took the penalty, what was uh, Dudek doing? He's trying to put them off. I mean, saw a carrier going up to him, just that, and he's waving his hands. And we didn't know what he was saying, obviously, yeah. that far away. But obviously he was trying to say, put them off, put them off any way you can. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it worked. No, yeah, it's, it's, like I say, Bruce Grobla. Oh, it's, 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 I assume it, it all stems yes. from him, didn't it? Yeah, it does, yeah. Yeah. And I always remember Bruce's legs in the previous final. Yeah, dude, actually, also took it to another level. <laughs> it's like he was like twerking or something at some point. I'm sure, but uh, like, it was it was, uh, it was unreal the shapes he yeah. was throwing. Well, um, Jay, apparently, Jamie Carrick said to him, "Look, 
pull them off, do a Brucey like in Rome, and Dudek says, well, what do you want me to do? He says, jump up and down, wave your arms, do what you like, which is exactly what he did, but he also started moving across the I line. I didn't say come six yards off the line as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's VAR with the field, wouldn't he? No. But so, so Dudek was not only waving his arms and doing that, but he was also moving across this goal line, wasn't he, from one yeah, side of the goal, didn't yeah. So it was, there was a lot going on there as Georgina started to take yeah. his penalty. And then, as you say, it's it, high, wide and handsome. So our first penalty, John, who took that? Yeah, Diddy Haman put it into the keeper's right, into the corner of the net. 1-0 to the Reds. Things are going well. Okay, and then Perlos comes up to take the second one. He, he, he pulled a howler and all and ballooned it, didn't he? Well, he saved it. He saved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dudek went to his right about yeah. two, three yards off the line and no, saved yeah, that's it. Right. Then punched the air. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, one, one nil up, two penalties for them taken. I mean, in fairness, Perlo had played an absolutely blinding match for them. He, he didn't, wouldn't expect him to no. not yeah. score. So, uh, next steps up, uh, Cissé. He would come on as a substitute. Substitute as well, yeah. And uh, he took a long run up and buried it in the bottom left-hand corner of the the goalkeeper's side. And the uh, keeper went the wrong way, I think. I really wasn't sure he was going to score. I thought, Cissé, you know, he's not got the best... best of me- I wouldn't say he's the most strongest mentally yeah. of the Liverpool players. I always thought he had a sort of rather... Um, what's the word for it? Rather um, fragile temperament. Yeah. But fair play, it was a cracking penalty, yeah, wasn't it? 2 0. So uh, they've taken two and not scored either, and we're two penalties up. Uh, then Thomason. Thomason, yeah. John Dowd Thomason. Another sub. Yeah. He, he scores. And then uh, up steps John Andy Reese now. Come on. You would, you would normally think, like you say, he could hit a ball, couldn't he? Reese? Yes. And you would have thought he would have put his laces through and buried it, but. Yeah. I just remember it being a terrible penalty. Again, I mean, <laughs> oh. Alonso's penalty was saved in the keeper's bottom right, mm. and that's where John Arnadisa put his, and he saved it. Yeah. Yes. So there's a bit of a lesson there. You could save the keeper could save him down to his right. Mm. He had no chance down yeah. to his left. Yeah. I, I, I was. I, I really thought, as you said, I thought Reese was going to easy hard because yeah, he's got hell of a the net with it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so then Kakas scores for them. Uh, and then up steps uh, Vladimir Smisa. Yeah, Vladimir. So allegedly he had cramp, and uh, Rafa said to him, "You sure you want to take a penalty?" He said, "I only have to run two strides." <laughs> yeah. And he did. Ran two strides and buried it. Yeah. And what was significant about that that goal? Because you mentioned earlier, yeah. he's he's the only player in a, a European final to score over two days in the same game. The goal that got us back to three two, and then the penalty after midnight because yeah. it was after midnight Istanbul yeah. time, and it was his last ever kick as a Liverpool player. Yeah, it was his last yeah. kick as a Liverpool player as well. Yeah, what a way to go out! Okay, so we we've scored three, they've scored two, and up steps their main man, Mr. Andrei Shevchenko, and uh, poor lad's confidence was shot when he Dudek had wiped the floor with his uh, miraculous saves earlier in the game and then obviously his confidence was well and truly shot because it wasn't the greatest of penalties by him now. no and and to this day I've never seen what happens after Dudek saves it and they all run away yeah because he went to lash the ball into the back of the net in, in a right temper yeah. But I don't know whether he lashed it in the net. He lashed it wide. I lashed it over the bar. I didn't care. Yeah. But by this time, there's bodies everywhere, you know, because we've won it. Yeah, yeah. 
it was just carnage. It, it, I mean, what can you say? It was probably, well, it was without doubt, one of the most remarkable European Cup finals ever. Probably the most remarkable. And it was certainly, in terms of Liverpool's history, probably the most iconic night in our entire history. Uh, and I think I think you're right. I think the other thing is, is a lot of our current fan base worldwide has latched onto the club since since that night in 2005. Yeah, they may not have been Liverpool fans at the start of the match, but by the end they were. Oh yeah, nailed on Liverpool fans. Um, I'll tell you my uh, little epilogue. So after uh, the the the, the Shevchenko missed, and I handed over the twenty-pound note. The uh, the uh, the barmaid who brought the uh, big platter of sandwiches out, uh, she came out, and she had rather large bosoms. And I was sat down, and she walks up and she says, "Oh, Mark, wasn't it great?" Puts her arms around me, hugs me, and I disappeared. And I came out kind of like like I'm being battered, <laughs> like I'm being beaten up. <laughs> and my blue blue nose brother looked at me and went. Jammy, 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 so and so. It's great, isn't it? What do you suppose us of the blues? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, we've got the presentation of the trophy, of course. You guys were there. Yeah. I, I, I just remember being emotionally trained at the end of the game, if I'm honest, because, yeah. Yeah. like I say, you, you went from being so low to such a euphoria and such a high. I just remember being exhausted. I was physically exhausted at the end I, I, of the day. I don't know how the players felt, but the crowd were absolutely exhausted yeah. as well. And that, that echoed all the way back into the, the airport because we were flying straight home after the game. No one said a word. You thought we'd have been beaten. Yeah. Everyone was just absolutely wiped out. Because we, we flew back the next day. And um, then, <coughs> like I say, we were in a, flying out of a military airport. I think they put the us out of. Mm. Not the main one. Milan got there as opposed to normal Istanbul. Istanbul Sabio and we got the yeah. military base or something, money. Yeah. And it, I just remember trying. To, it was just a free for all. Going on next day, what, but it what, was just a. What I remember about the, the airport was it was just thousands there, yeah. all different flights. He changed the flight numbers. No one yeah. knew what flight number they were on. It was like getting on a bus. Yeah, <laughs> coming home and. Uh, Everyone was getting a little bit fed up by this time, although they, were, they had this big, massive marquee tent outside the airport selling beer. And uh, when people started going, oh, put, you'll, never walk, you'll Never Walk Alone must have been played by a DJ. They had a, a DJ set as well. It must have been getting played every five minutes just to keep everyone passive. <laughs> and I remember Kelly, uh, Kelly, Kelly Daglish and Paul Daglish walking in as well. We were chatting to them afterwards and... Uh, she couldn't believe it. Paul Dabney, she couldn't believe it. Um, what we'd all been to. And we, we managed to get on our flight. Don't know how, because, as I said, they changed the flight number. And we were the last ones to get thrown onto this flight, which got back into Manchester Airport about 20 past six in the morning. And all I remember then is congering through Manchester <laughs> yes. Airport. We all came off the plane <laughs> with these European cups that we bought and everyone's congering through Manchester Air Force it'll live with me forever that bit so let's let's put this one into context then it was our fifth win which was significant wasn't it John why why was it significant to win it five times because you get to keep it yeah and really Liverpool became European royalty then didn't they like Mm -hmm. do you want to go to the other four 
<laughs> no memories best of all. It's uh, but now the fi- like the fifth one was the big one because that was the thing for me. You got to keep it. Um, like you say, it's in, now in the museum. I'm guessing. In the, in, so yeah, they've got right. five replicas, but I think one of them's real. Is that right? Yeah, the, the, the real ones. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's the one the Manchester United won in 1999. Mm-hmm. So if any of their supporters want to see it, they go pay a tenner to go in the museum. Yeah, Indeed. they'll never see like the day at Old Trafford again. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. And of course, we're the last club ever to be given their own uh, Champions League trophy because yeah. UEFA have changed the rules, haven't they? Yeah. So Allegedly, UEFA were unhappy with Liverpool yeah. because the cup was going around every pub in, in the yeah. city um, and it was getting bandied about and thrown about and photographs taken with babies sitting inside <laughs> and everything. And uh, they phoned up the club, allegedly, and said that we're unhappy with this, and they were told in no uncertain terms, go away, it's our cup, we can do with it what we want. Well, okay. uh, I think they've, what I heard was, it was a fax came from UEFA, they weren't, you know, we're not happy with what we're doing with the trophy, and Rick Parry, who was the yeah. CEO at the time, faxed them back and said, it's our trophy, you gave it to us unconditionally, we can do what we want with it, quote, we can melt it down and make silver spoons out of it if we want to, unquote. And then a few months later, UEFA new directive came out that from now on, no club will ever be given their own trophy to keep. They'll only ever get a replica. Yeah. And Barcelona won their fifth and just got a... Got the replica. It's got a replica, yeah. Because you only get it for 30 minutes now on the pitch and then that's it. Well, that's you get, great, you get the replica, replica given to it. Yeah. Yeah. So if any, any sharp-eyed uh, uh, listeners to this want to uh, spot the original trophy, it's, it's got the star ball on, under the base, hasn't it? So yeah. when when the captain lifts it, you see the away first, yeah, the star, the logo, the logo, yeah, yeah, yeah. insignia inside the base, and then you know that's the original trophy. And uh, but when you see him on the team bus and the lifting up, you can see that star ball's not there, yeah. and that means that's the replica the club's been given to keep. Let's let's put this into let's now look at the historical context about win. So we've won it five times, and as, as uh, you said, Lee, we are now European royalty. Uh-huh. Uh, and, of course, uh, we've now won it like, six, six times. Uh-huh. So we're um, very much, well, obviously, we're now the most successful British club in European football. And in fact, we're, only, we're, we're third um, in total number of... That's yeah, Milan and Madrid, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Barcelona five, yeah. Barcelona five. Uh, Liverpool and Bayern Munich six, six Milan seven, seven. And Madrid fourteen. Madrid fourteen. Talking about them, that's just yeah. showing off beyond beyond all need. Um, so let's get let's look at the thoughts on the final itself. So Stephen Gerrard got the man of the match. He did, I suppose, it was his early goal and the motivation, the drive he's shown in the second half. Um, he got the crowd going with his motivation and his rallying and waving of the arms after that first one and went in. Um, but no, it was a captain's performance in the end, I think you could say. Uh, definitely the second half anyway. Uh, we had, when we had a, a bit of momentum after 15 minutes after the first second half, certainly made a huge difference and obviously a big part in the history now. Uh, and like I say, Stephen will go down as a legend no matter if he'd won that or not. I think based on how and what he did for the club and the team. Over his years in the service he's given. There was also rumours that he was a little bit fed up at the club as well. well and that's he went to Chelsea that, that summer, yeah. didn't he, after the final. Um, <laughs> Rafa wasn't showing him any love, apparently. Yeah. But uh, that cemented, I think that changed his mind. I think, I think, that, I think he may have gone mm. elsewhere because we weren't winning. 
And, uh, you know, that, that, that he, Lee's right, he played the captain's performance that night. Oh. He was outstanding in every yeah. way, yeah. defensively, leadership. He was dead on his feet, and oh, you could see him. He was stretching every chance he got in yeah. the last five to ten minutes, especially yeah. in, in the extra time and all. Yeah, him and Carragher. Yeah, Carragher um, was the. Yeah, he was throwing everything in, in yeah. whatever shape or form he could in front of the ball to try and get a bad chance. Not mentioned um, Carragher's. Um, he, he did the sort of he did a double block in extra time, didn't he? And he went down with cramps. Yeah, in both legs. Both legs. Jumping yeah. both legs. Yeah, but he 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 played. You could tell he was playing. With his heart, wasn't he? Carried yeah. a fantastic. Uh, so you got Gerard, who I think was twenty four at the time. Um, Baby, yeah, comparatively young player, but as you say, he played a real captain's game. And Carragher at the back, uh, two scousers who who uh, really were the backbone of that team, mm. I suppose. In fairness, and obviously Dudek, wasn't he? He was a huge part and instrumental. Obviously, for getting his body or his limbs in the way. Of them challenges. He actually did a record, didn't he? They actually brought a record that would do the do deck. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they, 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 had, they had the simulation of a like a shadow for the video, and uh, do the do. I think it came out in Italy as well because they were winding up all the AC Milan fans. About <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do the do deck. Do the do deck. Uh, well, one thing that uh, since the final, one thing I've heard about was the the, the Milan. Players got into the changing room at half time, and Berlusconi, Silvio Berlusconi, who was the club chairman, apparently had got the bottle of champagne or something. I'm not sure whether uh, he was in the dressing room, but certainly he's, he's reported to have opened the bottle of champagne at half time uh, to celebrate the uh, you know three nil lead. Right. Do you think Milan maybe were a little bit complacent second half, possibly? I think they didn't know what. They weren't expecting it. They thought it was done, didn't they? 3-0 up. Yeah. Uh, the early goal, you see, we touched on it before when that second one went in. You just seen something in their faces. Um, they just sheer shock. They just thought it was done and dusted. I don't think they conceded many in those days. And no. to concede the no. first one, then quite quickly the second one, you could see the fear factor. Uh, they, 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 were, they didn't know what to do. They'd gone. Yeah. It's funny because... Before the final, we, we we progressed because we had a very strong defensive structure. Yeah, we conceded very few <clears> goals <throat> in the semi-final. Chelsea couldn't score a single goal against us in mm. uh, two ninety-minute games at an extra time. Yeah, and then no, it wasn't extra time. No, it wasn't. Extra time was the semi-final the following year. So we built our. Uh, our strength that year and our <coughs> defensive stability the fact that we didn't concede many goals so in the semi-final against Chelsea two 90-minute games where they couldn't score a single goal in the quarter-final against Juventus they didn't score against us uh, in Turin and in fact they got the only goal they scored was in the first half at Anfield off a goalkeeping mistake wasn't yeah. it? because Scott Carson dropped the ball which echoes what we were saying before about Didi Haman making that no, that that yeah. important role in the middle of the park, yeah. and he he was the pivot. He received the ball. He gave the ball. He was always available, mm-hmm. and it it stopped. That you know those cutting and thrust attacks yeah. that Milan did to us in the first half. Yeah. So going back to what um, my conversation on the way to the pub to watch the match, and I, I said to this guy, you know, Haman enables us to attack yeah. because he sits in the back four. And then the, the fullbacks can bomb, 
because Risa often played left back, he didn't in this final, yeah. but he often played at left back and bombed up down the left hand side and Finn and down the right. And we didn't have to worry about that because Haman was covering like Fabinho used to do. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that was missing and it completely undid his defensive, didn't it? No doubt about it. Well, guys, uh, what a night. Uh, you enjoyed it? Oh, yeah, um, certainly good. Certainly allegedly. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I've enjoyed reliving it with you. I mean, for those who didn't go, it is available, uh, the full match on YouTube. I'll, I'll post the link on our website. So if you want to watch the game, just click on that and you can watch the entire 120 minutes plus penalties. Uh, so, Lee, thanks for your contribution today. And thank you, John. Thank you. And, uh, Enjoyed it. Okay, so um, we'll end this podcast by uh, just saying uh, what a night and never was you'll never walk alone, perhaps some more passionately and perhaps uh, with more perhaps true true meaning because even though we were losing 3-0, the supporters were determined that the players know that they were not on their own that night. Well, sadly, that's all we have time for today. But I would like to thank again our participants, John Green and Lee Burkett. And again, Lee, thank you for sponsoring this episode of Sweet Silver Song through your business, Brandstones. Um, we are uh, always looking for sponsors, so if you would like to um, help out and maybe even participate, uh, please do contact us through the website, which is sweetsilversong.co.uk. I'd also like to thank the Sandon for hosting us. And I would recommend that you, if you're having a, any kind of function, you consider using the Sandon. They have a whole range of um, function suites, rooms for hire, and they even have bedrooms as well, so you can stay overnight. The Sandon's just 100 yards from the cop, just along, just along Oakfield Road. You can find more episodes of our podcasts on our website, sweetsilversong.co.uk. So, again, until next time, goodbye, and you'll never walk alone.